0: Tonight, the real reason Pope Benedict XVI resigned. Why are the globalists so threatened by traditional Catholics? Pope Francis selects the most ridiculous parish in the country to play a key role in the Synod on Synodality. Meanwhile, back in the real world, Tucker Carlson destroys Neocon Mike. Cockadoodle Cammy cracks herself up again. And Jim Jordan blows the lid off the FBI's Catholic witch hunt. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am Michael Matt and this is The Remnant Underground. Oh, there are the lights. The lights are there. We're good. Keep rolling. Walt, Keep rolling. everything okay? No, I, I got it. Now. I, I see you got a, the new producer. How's she working out so far? Well, she's a little, I don't know. She's, crying, well, she's, but... she's trying to, you know, learn the ropes, I suppose. Should we just make this official? Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to introduce you to The Remnant, Remnant TV's newest producer. This is Evelyn Matt. We're all very proud. First grandchild, first child, right, Walter? Yep. Yeah. So this is actually kind of what happens. We talk about Unite the Clans a lot. This is the result of the clans uniting, I guess. Well, uh, welcome, Evelyn. Um, I don't quite know what to say. I'm very excited. She's, She's calm now. No worries. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's uh, the beginning. I think we're good to roll now, would you say? I think so. Um, it's funny because we were gonna talk a little bit about people being very depressed. We're not too depressed around here uh, for obvious reasons. But last week, uh, a number of you commented that the situation in the world and in the church, she's good? Yep. She's good. Uh, is so is so bad now that there's really nothing left for any of us to do but pray. There's no point in fighting back. Well, these guys certainly think that there is a point in fighting back. They are Charity Mobile, America's premier pro-life phone company and sponsor of tonight's Remnant Underground.
1: Evelyn really likes Charity
0: Mobile. Does she? Does she have a flip phone yet? Hmm, interesting. Make the switch to Charity Mobile today and you will get a free phone, no contract. And the best news, you're going to go to bed tonight knowing that you are working with a phone company that is standing up for the rights of the unborn, which is very important. 5% of your monthly plan goes to the pro-life charity of your choice, including the Remnant Foundation, if you so choose. So we are certainly fighting back against the bad guys, and our friends at Charity Mobile obviously are too, which is why I really am very proud to stand with Charity Mobile. Give them a call today or visit them at charitymobile.com. So, to the question of the evening, is there any real point point, purpose to fighting back? Or should we all just get down on our knees and wait for the asteroid? Well, I'm no prophet, so I really have no idea when the world is going to come to an end. And until it does, uh, I, I don't see how we get away from the idea that we just have to continue to fight and do what we always have done and what we're called to do. You know, in his book, Action, action uh, the great French thinker, Jean Housset, talks about what he calls fatalistic false piety, in which prayer becomes an excuse for our natural tendencies to, to, to idleness, to do nothing. And he calls this false piety because it always waits for a miracle. You know, it waits for the realization of prophecy or something that will fix everything on its own through divine intervention. It's God's problem, right? Without any need for us to lift a finger in the process. This is not the Catholic way, says Jean Husayn. and I agree with him. And so he points to St. Joan of Arc as an example of true piety, of true Catholic action, when she's confronted by the Inquisitor in Poitiers and he says to her, you say that God wills to deliver the people of France from their calamities, but if this is what he wills, then it's not necessary to set in motion the men-at-arms, he says to Saint Joan of Arc. And Joan's reply, in the name of God, the men-at-arms will give battle and God will grant them victory. And Jean-Océ points this out, that's the attitude. That's the Catholic attitude. Stand and fight. In other words, pray. Pray as if your action were sure to be useless, but act as if your prayer could be of no possible avail. God wins in the end. Not these people in the church or in the state. These people, in fact, as we're finding to (laughs) our increasing alarm, these people are not only evil, they're imbeciles.
2: Well, I think culture is... It is a reflection of our moment and our time, right? And, and, and present culture is the way we express uh-huh. how we're feeling about yes. the moment. And, and we should always find just, times to express how said, we just, feel about the moment. As you said, just word association a of joy, because you know, it comes in the morning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a really good point. We have She's to find
2: ways to also express. The way we feel about the moment in terms of just having language and 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 a connection to how people are experiencing life and i think about it in that way too
0: i believe that our education like such as in south africa and
1: uh, iraq everywhere like such as and
2: it comes in the morning
0: (laughs) so that's (laughs) that's culture that's culture Friends, I I don't pick on this woman, but she's the, I guess you would say, the second most powerful person in arguably the most powerful country in the world. These are not formidable adversaries. These are morons.
2: Make no mistake about this. We promised them 33 Abrams tanks in January. I heard again two weeks ago in Ukraine. They still don't have them. We've been telling them we'll train their F-16 pilots, but now they're saying maybe January we'll let somebody transfer
0: some jets. I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President, have you, I know you're running for president. Your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that?
2: Well, it's not my concern. (laughs) Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my
0: concern. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! Just 15 days to slow the spread. Do you remember, for example, when a few years ago, When everybody thought that COVID was just, uh, is invincible, they were going to lock us down forever. We are 10 days into the 15 days. And there was absolutely nothing we could do about it, right? Just pray about it, because it's the devil, it's the mark of the beast. There's nothing we can do about it. Do you remember what we did? We simply refused to comply, and then we went to Mass in parking lots until it was over. And today, COVID has become what? It's become like a case study on their agenda and what they're trying to do. But more importantly, and what we can do to stop them, they're not formidable adversaries, right? We survived COVID. In fact, I would say we kicked COVID's lower spinal extremity, didn't we? Not just us, but people all over the world who stood up and resisted. You know, we're, st- <laughs> we're still shaking hands. Thank you very much, Dr. Tony from the land of baloney.
2: Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, was on the Washington Post um, uh, podcast uh, over the weekend and he said, I don't think we should ever shake hands ever again to be honest with you as a society just forget about shaking hands we don't need to shake hands we've got to break that custom because as a matter of fact that is really one of the major ways you can transmit a respiratory born illness
0: now they're trying to scrub the internet like these guys didn't say half of these absurd things you'll never shake hands again <laughs> and we never got vaxed either dr tony We never got boosted, even despite this all-powerful lunatic who said we were gonna have to get vaxxed every couple of months. That's
2: right, and you know, for people over, you know, 50 or 60, uh, they'll probably have to be boosted every six months until we get even better vaccines.
0: Actually, Billy, I'm over 50 and I'm not vaccinated, so pound sand, okay, pal? And you too, Dr. Evil. As long as not everybody is vaccinated, nobody will be safe. (laughs) And by the way, now, this is interesting. I'm told that old Klaus Schwab pulled out of next week's NATO summit due to, wait for it, ill health. So I guess he hasn't been fully transhumanized yet. Can you imagine
2: that in 10 years, when we are sitting here, we have an implant in our brains? And um, I can immediately feel, because you all will have implants, I can, and we measure your, your brain waves. And I can immediately tell you how the people react, or I can feel uh, how the people react um, to your answers. Uh, Is it imaginable? Don't be an idiot.
0: He's the head of the World Economic Forum, and he dresses like a bad guy in a comic book. A few days ago, citizens from seven different countries in the EU, with the support of five MEPs, including Christine Anderson, who's one of my favorites. This lady's awesome. They launched what's called the European Citizens Initiative, called Trust and Freedom, whereby the EU, citizens of the EU, are able to put the EU, the WHO, and the rest of the lunatics on notice. Here's what they said.
1: We are here today
2: to tell you, WHO globalitarian misanthropists, we are here today to tell you, you picked this fight, you wanted this fight, well, guess what? You've got it today. Take it from the millions and millions of people around the world. We will bring you down, and we will not tire until we can just that.
0: You know, just good for her. Do you know how contagious that is? You get enough people, enough politicians speaking out that way. That's what has to happen. And I hope that she includes the lunatics at the Vatican because they're, the, they're among the same bullies who are doing this and they are part of the same lunatical minority trying to push people around right now. We've all had enough. <laughs> the Vatican is still at it, by the way. This time it's a yet another World Youth Day. Bishop Américo Aguiar
1: is the Bishop of Lisbon and is responsible for the tone and theme of World Youth Day.
0: But we are really looking forward to welcoming young people from all over the world for a meeting with Pope Francis. Oh boy, (laughs) I can't wait. He's actually the president of the World Youth Day Lisbon 2023 Foundation. Pope Francis just named him a cardinal. (laughs) He knows what he's talking about. He knows what the World Youth Day is all about. And he told ACI Digital that the intention of World Youth Day is to, quote, have young people journey together, respecting their diversity. <sighs> well, there's some original thinking going on there, Excellency, soon to be eminence. But more importantly, he actually said, he, this was part of his, his damage control, but he doubles down, makes it worse, because he already had said, we don't want to convert the young people to Christ or to the Catholic Church or anything like that at all. Oh no, of course not. You want to build a new world, don't you? It doesn't matter if I'm black or white, from the north or from the south. If we have different sensitivities, if we like different sports, different politics, I'm left, I'm right. No, we must recognize this as wealth. And knowing this as a wealth, we're going to build a world that is different. They're going to build a new world what some would call a new world order, right? And meanwhile, Francis, he's getting ready to start listening over at the Synod on Synodality.
2: Be a whole body
1: listener, be a whole body listener.
0: And I'm so proud to announce that one of the big time Vatican listeners is this lady from right here in Minneapolis.
1: This week, we learned that Pope Francis has appointed Cynthia to delegate for North America to Synod of bishops that we held in Rome during the month of October. This is really big. It's an awesome honor and recognition for Cynthia since it's the first time in history that lay women and men have been appointed as full voting members of the Catholic Church's primary consultative body. you like this. This appointment comes after a lot of vetting of Cynthia, which also includes where she works. It <laughs> means of 140 names submitted for consideration to delegate Pope Francis chose, a staff member from St. Joan of Arc.
0: Well, that's all very exciting, but I'm pretty sure most people in this audience have heard of St. Joan of Arc Parish, right? It's notorious internationally it's so bad. And our friends at ComplicitClergy.com have put together a little montage in case anyone needs a reminder. Jesus took up the bread. He broke the bread. And he gave it to his friends saying, take this bread
2: and eat it.
0: Just like Jesus, Cohen also has two dads. And he turned out pretty great. It's a pretty cool thing.
1: I'm Courtney Ringwall. I'm 25 years old. I am a pastry chef. I am lesbian. I am Catholic. And I am where I need to be.
2: Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Let's face it I look like a chick. Nod your heads, please, vigorously, okay? But I sound like a dude and what that makes me in today's society really is other. These words ground me in holy rebellion. It is my sacred place where I say a loud resounding no to injustice and participate in dismantling communities, institutions, and systems of oppression. It is my strength, courage, and resistance to destroy the status quo.
0: So that's what Pope Francis is looking for. Not according to me, but according to the pastor over there at St. Joan of Arc Catholic Church.
1: It means of 140 names submitted for consideration as a delegate, Pope Francis chose a staff member from St. Joan of Arc. There may be a shock wave going through the diocese. (laughs) Cynthia, we are extraordinarily proud of you and we're overjoyed that you'll be able to carry the spirit of S.J. right through the front door of the Vatican as a voting representative in the Synod. Francis has asked the Synod to deliberate on the question, what does the Holy Spirit expect of the church in the 21st century? And we, the St. John of our Catholic community, will be actively involved in the response. Congratulations.
0: Now, of course, once again, two years ago, a year and a half ago, we did a video where we were telling you this is all about LGBT. It's all about green lighting, gay unions and everything else, gay marriage eventually. And people are figuring that out. All sorts of people, even priests who are certainly not rad trads, are speaking out. Here's, here's Father Donald Calloway on Facebook. He's no traditionalist. He's no rad trad is what he had to say. <laughs> well, I'm not sure exactly what that means. It's a bit crude, but... And even Bishop Robert Barron publicly took issue with Francis's new cardinal-elect. Quote, I'm scheduled to give five presentations at the World Youth Day in Lisbon, and I would like to assure Bishop Aguiar that every single one of them is designed to evangelize, so says Bishop Robert Barron, who's obviously had enough as well. And again, I'm not suggesting that Bishop Barron is Archbishop Lefebvre. What I'm saying is that Francis is beginning to alienate just about everybody, you know? Most of the practicing Catholics left in the church today are just going, okay, this is just a bridge too far. We are simply done with this guy. And of course, my prediction that as it goes along, Guys like, Father, like Bishop Barron, they're going to become traditionalists. Mark my words. Within the next five years, Bishop Barron is either going to leave the church or he's going to become a traditional Catholic. Watch and see. Why? Because Francis and his synodon, synodality would lead to the end of the Catholic church as we know it. If we do not resist, they will destroy the church. Hmm. Who said that recently? you believe this synodal process is really, Mm
2: -hmm. it's shaping up into a hostile takeover of the church, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, an attempt to destroy the church. Is that what you see here?
0: Yeah, if if they will succeed, but that will be the end of the Catholic church and we must resist. I told you before, like the, the biggest game in town, the most important thing that any of us can do in the name of of Catholic action, Catholic counter-revolution, Catholic restoration, is expose this agenda, this evil agenda of the folks on team, Team Francis. There's nothing more important than that. Because right now, you know what we're facing. We're facing civilizational collapse, aren't we? And the Vatican refuses to even acknowledge it.
2: We have entered into a new phase of modern history. one that we desperately need to understand.
1: You know, there's been a great decline in 70 countries now that are below replacement fertility.
2: Replacement fertility is the number of childbirths per woman that is required to replace the existing population.
1: We're going into a new era.
2: Why is, it, is this aging, and why is this uh, demographic winter occurring?
0: It's happening in rich countries, it's happening in poor countries, it's happening in Catholic countries, Islamic countries, and that is everywhere um, people are having fewer and fewer children.
2: When fewer children are born, there are proportionately more elderly. This is called an aging population.
0: Now again, that was ten years ago, <laughs> that documentary. Is Francis warning then the world, is he warning the world at all about the declining birth rate which is going to lead to civilizational collapse? No, not exactly. You'll remember one of the first things he said when he was still, when his pontificate was still quite new.
1: Some think that,
2: excuse my wording, being good Catholics means we must be like rabbits. No. Responsible
0: Parenthood. See, right out of the gate, this was the plan. This whole globalist agenda was Francis' agenda as Pope. You know, and now it's, it's so out of control, it is actually getting quite frightening. Even secular, agnostic, billionaire, bizarre fellows like Elon Musk are addressing the coming civilizational collapse that Francis cannot be bothered with to even acknowledge. And, and I think we just want to make sure that, that you know, uh, we, we have civilization go onward and upward. Um, and uh, that's, for example, why I'm concerned about decreasing birth rates and, and um, the fact that, for example, Japan uh, had twice as many deaths last year as births. The, in the past, <laughs> we could rely upon, um, you know, s- simple uh, limbic system rewards uh, yes. in order to procreate. Um, but uh, once you have birth control um, and, you know, uh, abortions and whatnot, now you, now you now you can still satisfy the limbic instinct, but not procreate. You know, so I'm, I'm sort of worried that, hey, civilization, you know, don't, if we don't make enough people to at least sustain our numbers, perhaps increase a little bit, then civilization is going to crumble. Even a guy like Musk sees what's going on here, which makes is so far beyond the pale. Their agenda is so clueless, so ridiculous, that it has to be maliciously stupid now. They're literally fiddling while Rome burns with their little listening seminar that's going to do absolutely nothing for anyone anywhere in the world, right? Well, at every level, measurable level, you have collapse, you have crisis, you have chaos, right? We we all agree with this, right? We've got to get this message out. Francis must be undermined. He must be undermined. Your safety, the, 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 the safety of your children, the lives of your children, the lives of your countries, depend on it. So dangerous this guy is. Well he never he never shuts up about climate change. But here's the thing, even if the planet does burn up, who cares when there won't be any people around to see it burn? See what we're getting at? So the war, in other words, you got Must Rogan, all these people basically taking up aspects of the traditional Catholic war. they don't realize that they have been, but they are, they're picking bits of it up. And they're starting to realize that what we've been saying all along, it was true. It really is a war on civilization. A war on God is a war on civilization. A war on God, a war on the family, the war on life. This is the only war that actually matters. This is why I say, no, there's, there is so much potential to wake the masses and to fight back. We just have to do it against these morons, against these lunatics. Right? Stand up and fight. Fight as if the future of the world depends on your fight because you know what it does. It depends on that fight. It depends on our fight. It depends on the Catholic counter-revolution, the most important thing happening in the world today. This is not about Latin mass versus English mass or anything else anymore. It's about the salvation of the church. It's about putting the church back in a position to do something to defend the civilization. It cannot survive if the Catholic church falls. And Francis and his globalist friends are carefully, meticulously, systematically dismantling the Catholic Church right now. So yes, this is why Francis is trying to decimate Latin Mass parishes. We've talked about this before. In the middle of all this, why is he trying to destroy the Latin Mass? Well, you began to figure it out, right? Because in this war between good and evil, Proper worship of Almighty God makes the children of light more powerful than the children of darkness and that's why he's taking out the Latin Mass. The Latin Mass is at the heart of all of this. When I say the Latin Mass, I'm not talking about some linguistic preference or some snobby thing about Latin or anything else. I'm talking about the true and real worship that man owes to Almighty God. That's what we're talking about here. And if we do not have the sacrifice, as every civilization in history shows, if we don't have the sacrifice that is required to give to Almighty God, we cease to exist. We become vulnerable to every pagan, every demonic force on the face of the earth. You see? And the Latin Mass, therefore, and all good and solid liturgy, the Eastern Rite liturgy, the liturgy of St. John Christen, this is at the heart of what's happening right now, and it always has been. And that's why, by the way, quite obviously, that's why these demons got rid of Pope Benedict in the first place. I know he wasn't perfect. I understand he was at Vatican II. I understand the shortcomings, the diabolical disorientation that affects us all to a degree. Obviously, it affected him, too. But you know what he did? He committed the ultimate crime where globalism is concerned. He brought back the proper worship of Almighty God and put it back on the altars of the Catholic Church throughout the whole world. And these demons cannot stand that. They cannot tolerate that. Because the Latin Mass, the worship of Almighty God, is key to the ultimate victory of light over darkness. And we are in the middle of a war between light and darkness. It's been coming for a long time. Maybe some of you remember an open letter to Donald Trump that we published in the pages of The Remnant back in January of 2017. Now this article, which Walter put up on the screen, this this thing went went viral at the time. It was picked up by the AP, by the Associated Press, uh, and it literally went all over the world. I signed it along with a number of my friends uh, and allies. And in that letter, we reminded Donald Trump of the following reality. We are alarmed to discover that during the third year of the first term of the Obama administration, your previous opponent, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, proposed a Catholic revolution in which the final demise of what was left of the Catholic Church in America would be realized. One year after that, that email discussion, which was never supposed to go public, Pope Benedict XVI abdicated under highly unusual circumstances and was replaced by a pope whose apparent mission is to provide spiritual component to the radical ideological agenda of the international left, what we now call globalism. Now remember, that, that was in 2017 and you wonder why Francis is waging war on the Latin mass? <laughs> Do you think it's just a coincidence then that the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI is fully on board in shutting down the Latin mass now? Let me tell you what's in the memo. In the memo, the FBI field office in Richmond recommends infiltrating Catholic parishes that it deems traditionalists, associated with the Latin mass, recruiting FBI informants, within those parishes to monitor speech within the parishes. The House Judiciary Committee has later learned, this is in a letter dated April 10th, 2023, that the FBI relied on at least one undercover agent to produce its analysis in this memo. And the FBI has proposed that its agents engage in outreach to Catholic parishes to develop sources among the clergy. Did any of this occur while you were at the FBI? Why is it that the FBI is so worried about us? Why are they so worried about the Latin Mass if it's all over? Nothing we can do about it. Heck, we, we were the talk of the U.S. Senate this past week. Director, what's the
2: difference between a traditional Catholic and a radical traditional Catholic? Uh, I'm not a, an expert on the, the Catholic uh, orders. Well, your FBI wrote a memo talking about radical traditional Catholics. I'm just wondering if you can define it for us. We, when we finish our internal review, which will be very soon, we will come, come back before the committee in America? and provide a briefing on what we found. Well, we appreciate and the we briefing, can... but we want to talk to the people who wrote it. Any and idea how can... many Catholics there are in America, Director? Uh, no, sir. There's a lot. Over 60 million. What percentage of those are radical traditional Catholics, according to the Richmond Field Office of the
0: FBI? I'm sorry. I, I know we're supposed to be distressed by this because these things are happening at the highest levels, most powerful chambers in the world. But I can't help but feel almost euphoric at the little traditional Catholic movement that my family and a lot of your family years ago, 50 years ago, was part of, that it has grown to be such a force to be reckoned with <laughs> that powerful members of the U.S. House of Representatives now, including this Jim Jordan, are grilling the head of the FBI on the Bureau's ongoing violation of the First Amendment rights of traditional Catholics. Think about that. Let that sink in as you watch what's going on here. And remember, this just happened because we kept on keeping on, didn't we? We just kept going to the Latin Mass. We just kept fighting. We didn't fall for the whole Vatican II revolution. We the little people, the little folks, the little homeschoolers, the little families, you know, and the big vans and all of that. They just kept on worshiping God in the old way. They kept the old faith of their fathers, and now the FBI is trying to shut them down. And now on the floor of of Congress, they're discussing what they're going to do about us.
2: Let me just read from page four. Provide new opportunities to mitigate extremist threat through outreach to traditional Catholic parishes and the development of sources with the placement and access to report on places of worship. That's pretty fancy language for they're trying to put informants in the parish, in the church. That's what this memorandum said, director, from one of your field offices. And you won't let us talk to the people who did it.
0: (laughs) God bless Jim Jordan, by the way. God bless these guys. You know, we're going to talk a lot about this at the Catholic Identity Conference. I hope you'll join us because this is the moment, man. This is such a key moment. We have to take advantage of what's happening and take the traditional Catholic cause to the next level. That's what we're gonna do. Because who do you suppose is giving these orders to the FBI to infiltrate Latin mass centers? I know we've heard about this story for everybody's like, yeah, whatever, but it's, it's so huge. Who's doing this? Who's behind this? This infiltration of your Latin mass center. It's fantastic, isn't it? They couldn't seduce us. They couldn't brainwash us. So now they're coming in undercover to try to take us down, and they will fail, of course. But who is it? Is it the World Economic Forum? Is it the United Nations? Is it the Vatican? Oh, probably. How high does this actually
2: go? You know what the motivation for this was? Why, why would they even think about doing this? You know what the motivation was? Well, again, I think that's what our internal review will find, and I'd rather wait until I hear what the results of that internal review are. Well, I don't need an are. internal review. I can read the document. I assume you can do the same. Because it says right there on the same page, Richmond assesses extremist interest in radical traditional Catholics is likely to increase over the next 12 to 24 months in the run-up to the next general election. Same paragraph, events in which extremists and radical traditional Catholics might have common cause include legislation, judicial decisions in such areas as abortion rights, immigration, affirmative action, and LGBTQ protections. It's politics. That's the motivation.
0: If anybody if anybody has any inside connection to, to Representative Jim Jordan, please put him in touch with us. We'll have him on this show. We will have him give the keynote address at the Catholic Identity Conference. I mean, this man is out there going to bat for us and for the truth. I don't even know if he realizes how massive it is what he's doing right now, how big the truth is that he's inching around the edges of to try to find out what's going on here. We know, don't we? Our entire agenda from the start, 50, 60, 70 years ago as traditional Catholics, our entire agenda is now and always has been to worship God as our fathers did for a thousand years. Our agenda is now and always has been to restore the traditions of the Catholic Church. Our agenda is now and has always been to proclaim the kingship of Jesus Christ. Well, guess what? Our agenda is now a political threat to the global elites, to the Democrat party, to the entire New World Order.
2: <laughs> Politics was the total motivation here, and that's what's scary. That's what's, I think, so frightening, and why we, why we, how this happens, I don't know. And five people signed off on it. Five people, including the chief division counsel at the Richmond field office.
0: Holy New World Order, Batman. And you say there's nothing we can do about it? At most, we can just pray? Well, tell that to the FBI, because you know what? They disagree with you.
2: How soon are you going to complete this internal investigation so we can talk to these folks who put this together? I expect us to be able to brief uh, the committee on our internal review later this summer.
0: (laughs) Okay, buddy. And we all know what the answer is. This is not over. This is just the beginning of persecution. But as I always say, persecution is a good sign. Persecution means the revolution has run out of ideas. But this isn't over. You know, I've been, the remnant has been on their little hate map, their hate list since 2007. They've been after us, you know? They hate us, and they will do whatever they possibly can to stop us, as we're now seeing with the FBI involvement. And do you know why? Because their war is against the social kingship of Jesus Christ, and we stand in their way. Thanks be to God. So, no, no. Don't tell me that there's nothing we can do. We're doing it. We've been doing it for a long, long time. We're gonna keep doing it. We're gonna get better at it and we're gonna take it to the next level now. Pray, (laughs) yeah, like there's no tomorrow. Pray, say your prayers, but then stand up and fight. Stand with the children of light. Stand with St. Joan of Arc's men at arms. Let's just wait and see who's left standing in the end. God bless you, keep fighting, long live Christ the King.